You're listening to Bible Truth Feed, a podcast by Christadelphianvideo.org for Christadelphians and all those seeking the truth about the Bible message. Join us now as we present our latest episode. Protest, politics, and the true Christian. Hello, welcome to Bible Truth Feed, a podcast by Christadelphian Video. God created the races and the different languages to prevent man from joining together in his evil devices. Now in this class, we discuss how God has separated his people from the world around to prepare them for himself. They are instructed to come out from among them and be ye separate. So this being the case, we examine the relationship of God's people to the state. We look at the instructions he gives them to submit to the state. We examine the Black Lives Matter movement and see how much more than the name suggests. We look at those behind the protest movements which have their roots back in the 1960s. And we ask the question, would Jesus support us joining protests? Find out what the Bible has to say. Over the course of the next few moments, we are going to look at what the Bible has to say concerning protest, politics, and the true Christian. When we look at the media, whether it is television, the internet, or newspapers, so much coverage is given to the politics, both of our own nation and the nations of the world. And increasingly, we have reported for us protests that groups and individuals make against the circumstances that they find themselves in or the ills that they see that are taking place around them. Now, the Christian lives in this, this world. And so the Christian must look to the Bible to find out what the Bible has to say concerning these things and how it affects a true Christian's life. A Christian must look to the Bible to inform them as to what their true position is within the nation in which they live. The Apostle Paul, writing to the believers at Philippi, says this, But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now that word citizenship in the original Greek text is the basis of the word which we now have, politics. And what the apostle is saying is that for the true Christian, he should be looking towards heavenly things rather than earthly things as far as the government and the rule of the world is concerned. The Lord Jesus Christ, when questioned in relation to uh, his own destiny, when he was appearing before those who would judge him and condemn him, said, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight. Now, this was the statement of a man who was about to die. And yet he was utterly convinced that as far as rulership was concerned, 
rulership was not to do with the current political systems which he was faced and which was now instrumental in putting him to death. But he looked towards heaven. Now, the Apostle Paul says that we look towards heaven because we are waiting our Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. And the kingdom that the Lord Jesus Christ thought of was one when he would return to the earth to rule over the world. The Bible also records in the letter to the Hebrews short facts about men who lived faithful lives. These men were men who were commended for the lives that they had lived as being in accordance with God's will. And what is said of them that they all died in faith, not having received the promises that God had given to them, but having seen them afar off, they were persuaded of them and embraced them, and they confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. And the reason for this is explained is that as being that they were seeking a country, a better country, a heavenly country. Their focus was on the kingdom of God, which they thought would be set up upon the earth. And as far as their status in the lands in which they were living, they confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims rather than fully-fledged citizens. Those words, strangers and pilgrims, are interesting when we look at the original Greek terms. The word for strangers describes men or women who were living in a land as foreigners. And their status was that they did not share in the rights of the natural inhabitants of that land. They were at a disadvantage. As far as pilgrims were concerned, they were away from their own people. That's what the term means. And so that these terms describe people who were not looking to enforce any rights that they might have aspired to in the land in which they were living. The land that they were thinking about involved the rulership of God. The Apostle Peter, expanding on these things, talks of the believers as being a special people, a holy nation, priests and kings, people given com completely to God. And he speaks of them that they were those for whom this world is a strange country. You can see how Peter is echoing the words in, the, in Hebrews. And this is in total contrast with the ideas that men believe in today. Humanism supports a democratic ideal which affirms that uh, every human being has rights that they can enforce and a responsibility that they have to give meaning and shape to their own lives. We hear terms like egalitarianism, the doctrine that all people are equal and deserve the same rights and opportunities. Disenfranchisement, the state of being deprived of a right, especially the right to vote. And so now it is all a question of one's rights. And yet the Bible teaching teaches that this is anything but what the true Christian should be looking towards. They should be foreigners, not seeking to look towards their own rights, 
but rather towards he the heavenly things. And so a true Christian is one who is as a foreigner having no rights. He's away from his own people. So how should he view human rule? The Apostle Paul again speaks on this subject when he says in writing to the believers at Rome, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that are the be are ordained of, of God. And on another occasion, other writers say much the same thing. Peter, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man. Titus, be subject to principalities and powers, showing all meekness. The Apostle Paul to Timothy, prayers be made for all that are in authority. So should the true Christian be involved in any form of protest? Should the Christian, true Christian, be one who exercises his um, uh, local right to, to vote? Should he be involved in local politics or national politics or even in neighbourhood groups? All are incompatible with scriptural teaching, as most involve the enforcement of a particular right or joining together to, uh, 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 to protest. The attitude should be one of submission and being subject, as the, these scriptures clearly teach. Now, the Lord Jesus Christ was faced with problems that were brought to him by the people. It involved a particular incident when the ruler over the land of Israel, one Pontius Pilate, somebody who had been uh, put in place by Rome and ruled on behalf of, of Rome, had ordered the death of certain Jews as they were sacrificing. Now, we don't know the, what it, exactly the incident was, but to give an idea of those things that happened in the uh, rule of, uh, of uh, Pilate and uh, the rulers of the day, there had been a number of occasions when Roman soldiers had uh, 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 provoked the Jewish people who on the feasts that took place in Jerusalem, in particular Passover, had a particular uh, nation nationalistic outlook. At one Passover during the sacrifices, 3,000 Jews had been massacred like victims and the temple courts filled with dead bodies. That's the report of a Jew who lived at that time, whose writings are still, still uh, preserved. So what would Jesus say as far as this was concerned? Jesus might have protested against the atrocities that were being uh, brought about by the rulers. He might have criticised the rulers. He might have encouraged the people to protest against such incidents. But when we look at Luke chapter 13, we then go on to read exactly what the Lord said. The Lord goes on to deal with another incident that took place. He refers to the incident where a tower in Siloam had fallen and 18 had been either injured or killed as a result. Now Siloam was in the centre of Jerusalem 
and it was a site of significance in the worship of the Jews. Because on the occasion of the Feast of Tabernacles, it was the place where water was drawn, which was then taken to be poured over the sacrifice in memory of an Old Testament incident. So it was a site of religious significance to the Jews. Now, those who had been injured or killed, were they engaged in worship? Or were they perhaps going there thinking that the waters were holy to seek healing? How was the accident caused? Was it because of shoddy building uh, materials being used in the tower? Or some think that Pilate had ordered building work to take place in the vicinity and that it had unseated the tower from its um, uh, foundations and that had caused the tower to fall. So what would the Lord do, say to the people in relation to this? Would, would he uh, tell them to protest against shoddy building materials? or against the Roman procurator who had ordered uh, building work to take place. Luke goes on to record exactly how the Lord responded. So how did Jesus respond? He did not respond by uh, inciting the crowds to protest against political injustice, or even to complain. He did not incite the crowds to take action against what might have been private negligence. He didn't incite them to protest against the Roman government or against its ruler. His words were short and to the point. Nay, but expect ye be repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Our Lord's words and his uh, focus were not to do with the world in which he was living and its government but rather on the things that would come to pass upon the earth. What was far more important to him was the salvation of those individuals. And he concerned himself with the government to come as being the solution to all of world's problems. One of the major issues in the day in which our Lord was uh, teaching was that of slavery. And that has come into focus in recent years and has led to protests being made uh, against what was perceived to be uh, inequitable behaviour in the past. But in ancient Rome, slavery was an important part of society, and slaves uh, 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 undertook a large number of jobs, skilled and unskilled. But as far as the individual slaves were concerned, they were considered to be property under Roman law and had no legal personhood. Most would never be freed and they could be subject to corporal punishment, sexual exploitation, torture or execution without reference to any law and any master of a slave who undertook such actions would be within his legal rights. Now with this sort of uh, behaviour being possible what do does the New Testament say? What do those at the time of the Lord Jesus say concerning slavery? Do they talk about slaves rebelling and taking action in order to protest that they might be able to gain freedom? No, rather they tell them to subject themselves to their masters. Look at what the Apostle Paul says. 
Let as many servants or slaves that are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honour, that the name of God and his doctrine be not blasphemed. And if any teach otherwise, and consent not to wholesome doctrine, he is proud knowing nothing. The slave or the uh, 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 should not um, uh, strive, but be gentle unto all men, up to teach patient. And we see here the answer to what the true Christian's attitude towards protest should be. If ever one was justified, if we can use that term, to protest, it would be a slave in the uh, uh, under the rules of Rome. And yet the true Christian teaching was they should accept their master's authority and not to protest, but rather to serve in a humble manner. <laughs> but what of the world leaders today? Should not a Christian vote in order to uh, appoint a leader which seems to be more in accordance with Christian principles than another leader? Well, let's look what the Bible has to say concerning a world leader. Not just any world leader, but a world leader who was the most powerful man in the world in his day. We speak of Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon. And we look at the extent of the Babylonian Empire at its height and see how that it uh, encompassed much of the uh, more developed world of the day. At his time, he was uh, viewed as being probably the most powerful leader of, the of his time. And yet, he learned this and confessed this. It's spoken to, to, to us in the book of, uh, of Daniel, where Nebuchadnezzar said, says that he learnt that the rule, the Most High ruleth in the kingdoms of men, and giveth it to whomsoever he will, and setteth up over it the basest of men. It is God who works through his angels to bring about the rulers in the positions they are today. And so, if we were to exercise our vote, even though we should not, on the grounds that we have no uh, rights as a citizen today, we may be exercising our votes and going against the will of God. We leave it to God's hands. We put our trust in God that he will bring about his purpose. And what a purpose that is. Look at this prophecy which was written by David and is recorded in Psalm 72. After watching the video, just read that chapter and see what a wonderful picture it paints of the true kingdom that will be coming to pass, which the true Christian will be able to share in. That's what the Bible teaches. But that kingdom is unlike any kingdom on the earth today, any land, any government, any rulership. It's a kingdom in which God's standards are applied. When there'll be peace, no poverty, no violence, not even deceit amongst men, no famine, but plenty, but it's going to be on the earth. Jesus' answer was that his kingdom was not of this world. It was of an altogether different quality. It was to be on earth, but it was be by heavenly principles, and it was to be ruled over by somebody who had the power 
of the Almighty God in heaven. It was found it would be founded upon the perfect character of God, not what you and I might want or think is right. And so the true Christian is uh, 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 taught by the Lord Jesus Christ to pray, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done, as it is in heaven. It was to be done on earth. And so the true Christian looks towards that wonderful revelation concerning God's purpose of a time to come when the earth would be uh, ruled over by a perfect ruler who would enforce his will so that the, all the earth would show these characteristics and these blessings that is described in that psalm. So in summary, what does the Bible say concerning uh, politics, protest and the true Christian? The principles that a true Christian observes is that he is looking for a government that is not of this world. He is looking for a kingdom to come. And therefore, he behaves as if he was a stranger or pilgrim, a foreigner having no rights, a foreigner in a strange country, and would be subject to every ordinance of man. He would abstain from protest, whether it's petitions or even social media posts of protesting against uh, uh, any perceived inequities that take place. As far as politics is, is concerned, he would have no part in it, whether it's by voting, involved in local politics, or even in notice, uh, involved in neighbourhood pressure groups. He would not involved in the furtherance of his own legal rights, or even indulging in political arguments and opinions and complaining about what's going on, because he knows that God is in control. What he would do would be to look for God's kingdom to come upon earth, and he would live his life with this vision in view, and he would encourage others to share that vision. We encourage you to uh, read what the Bible has to say concerning God's kingdom, and to be a true Christian as far as your attitudes to uh, politics and protest are concerned, and we encourage you to share that vision and focus your mind upon God's kingdom to come. Thank you for watching the video. Thank you for joining us. We hope you found the episode helpful. Don't forget, most of these episodes are also available as videos on our video channel, cdvideo.org. So head over and take a look. If you have any comments or questions or suggestions, please get in touch or leave us a voice message. We love to hear your feedback. You can email us at bt f at cdvideo.org If you enjoyed the episode, then please share it with others. Until next time, may God bless you in your studies and your walk towards God's kingdom. Amen.